All right, welcome to Hyperborean Radio Uncensored. This is Celtic God. I am with the Lore Keeper, who is not going to speak yet because we're going to hit plugs straight out the bat. Please stay tuned. Okay, we have some holiday greeting card Yule sticker things up on Teesprings. Go check them out. It'll help us out a lot. We do have some upgrades coming as soon as we figure out how to make them work. So stay tuned for that as well in the upcoming episodes. Uh, I believe this is the last one of our four for this chunk. But until then, you can also check us out on Patreon where uh, certain levels can ask us questions. Uh, They can give suggestions for podcasts. We may or may not take them. Um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He changed it. Spiffy had uh, actually encouraged a few of the podcasts that you guys have enjoyed or hated. At and listen another to. patron also in, inspired uh, Ethnic Path. So right, ethnic which one was path, that? Uh, Let's Jack- name Jackson. Them. Jackson? Yeah, so you had uh, Ethnic Path, Fantasy, and the God of War review were all inspired by patrons. Right. So, yeah, there is that. and Or if you want to help us out, there's also Buy Me a Book. Make sure to check out our Telegram, all that other good stuff. And here we go. All right, so today's topic is anger. So, actually, I'm going to let CG start this one. Okay. So, I don't know where to start at because we wing almost all of these. Anger. It's a necessary thing for our people, but we have to be careful with it. And it's okay to be angry, but you have to know what it is that you're angry about, why, and then what to do with it. When you can't let it, it consume you. Yeah, because anger is like a fire. I myself am always angry. Much like the Hulk, like the Incredible Hulk. How does he do the things that he does? How does he switch back and forth? Because he's always angry. But I've learned to leave my flame at a simmer except for when I need it. Most people, they struggle with that. And it's either on or off, but the gas is always going, which is why the explosions happen. It's also why sometimes you can push and push and push, and then nothing happens. It's... Anger is necessary for Hyperboreans, but we cannot allow it to control us. It's, it's a tool. It's, it's a fuel to prompt us to do the various things that we need to do. It, it gives us fuel. It's not the only one, but it is a necessary component of our psychology. We need to learn how to control it, not let it control us. That doesn't mean turning it off, and that doesn't mean letting it roll unchecked. Because both there's been bad. issues with it. Well, it's it'll consume you and everyone around you. Everything that you care about if you let it run unchecked. This is the warning I was given when I was a child. Well, it's okay to be angry. Know why you're angry and know when to be angry. Well, one of the worst bits of advice that has gotten more and more traction, but thankfully there's some pushback now, is... Well, it's okay to cry. It's okay to sh- for a guy to show his emotions. To a point. There are very, a very speci- small point. Very small point, very small exceptions. But in general, there's a reason guys typically keep our emotions under wraps. We are dangerous. We are very strong. We are very powerful. We're hyper predators. We are. And we're the male of a hyper predator, mm-hmm. which, at least with mammals is almost always bigger than the female and more, maybe not more dangerous, but at least in terms of brute force. Yeah. And this is why 
Because, simply put, the last month or so, I've been angry. And it's been switching between basically having it off so that I can control it and function in society and kind of it's exploding at the most inopportune times. And it's not about anything specific, which is part of the issue and trying to figure out exactly what I'm angry about. Like we just said, it's good to understand why you're angry, what you're angry at. But like a lot of our youth, like a lot of our people, like there's people in their 60s, 70s that don't have this down because there's this basic fundamental misunderstanding of our people that we're we're always angry. We're always angry to an extent. Even and, when we're happy and laughing or sad, well, it's, it's still there. It's bubbling underneath. Which is why you can't have this. Well, you should get angry. Angry. Ah, yes, y- you should get angry at the right moment. But if you let it go off all the time you end up kind of what we have now where you have people that are completely burnt out and just can't do anything anymore because they've let their anger consume them or they've destroyed their personal relationships because nobody everyone's angry and doesn't know why Mm -hmm. and the thing is is there's always going to be that little bit of a flame inside that every once in a while you have to turn up to a blaze and focus it Mm -hmm. but otherwise You get what you have now where everyone's either a burnt husk or an explosion destroying everything in its path. Or an explosion waiting to happen. Yes. Uh, I mean, really, it's it's not good to let your anger consume you. That's why the apathy thing that I talk about quite quite frequently. Empathy with apathy is the think of your anger as a cooking stove, a gas cooking stove. It's the the what is that dial? To turn it up and down. That's what the apathy is. You can dial the apathy down and the flame goes higher. You can dial it up and the flame goes lower. But you don't want to turn it up, turn the apathy up so high that it turns the flame off because the gas keeps going. And if you turn it up too high, you end up either burning out or hurting something. Yeah. Something you don't want. Usually something that you care about. The very thing that you care about. And a lot of people, they'll say, well, I'm angry about. The race bending in movies. I'm angry about the gender bending in movies. I'm angry about the 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 uh, what is it? Fourth wave feminism push in everything that I watch, and they'll focus on that. But that's not actually why you're angry. Stop. Calm down. Think about it and figure out what is actually making you angry. In the end, really, for almost everything, it's because your feelings are hurt. Well, it's heartbreak because most of the time when people are angry at the other races, now there are exceptions, but most of the time it's because they realize that they are not all the same as us and that there is not this hugs and cuddles, we're all going to get along stuff that they've been raised to believe. Mm-hmm. We are the world. We oh, are the children. That is the worst song ever created for so many reasons. So people were raised on this, and when they realized it wasn't happening, their entire worldview shattered. They had this heartbroken moment, and now they're angry. And it's the same with a lot of other things. Like, most people are raised to think that men and women are the same. All that's different is the junk in the trunk. And now we realize that's not true. And then we start lashing out at each other. We've even covered this in the women podcast. There is a difference between the sexes but it's complementary when it's acknowledged and when it's honed embraced embraced honed and actually both sexes 
embrace their skill set, mm-hmm. they're able to better help each other. Well, and the... I don't know how to word it. Blind anger, I guess. It leads to this other thing, um, and, and it is a form of weakness, is projection. The females will start projecting their their own shortcomings upon the males, and the males will do the same to the females, and it turns into a crazy blame game, which is not good for anybody. Well, the thing about anger is because it's a fuel source, it's always looking for a reason to be used. Mm -hmm. So if you're always angry, you will eventually lash out at the people you care about. Well, and one of the issues with, because you mentioned that you've been angry basically for the last month, is it makes it really hard to do the Telegram post. It makes it really hard to do the podcast. It makes it really hard to even hold a conversation. Yeah. And it, a lot of it comes down to, we don't talk about it much, but... I am the much younger one between the two of us. I am what a lot of people would call a young man. So I am still working through some of this. Mm-hmm. I am the apprentice. CG is the... I am the master. The sensei. Hoi, oh. Kung fu. Yes. Magic Asian. Or as some people would call me the Sith Lord. No. <laughs> People are goofy, man. I'm telling you. But that's also why humor's so important is it offsets that anger. That's Hum- why our humor is the way that it is. Well, it's like uh, that old term, what do people want? Wine, women, and song. Well, mm-hmm. specifically men. Wine, women, and song. Here's the thing is song is actually really important in that group. And it's not just... I'm going to sing a shanty with me, lads. No, it's the whole gamut. The whole gambit. Um, the thing is, bards, when they sing, they are fueled by their, their emotions, by their pain. Mm-hmm. In many ways, they are fueled by their own anger. Well, and really, the bard's role is amongst one of the hardest ones because they have to be able to turn their emotions on and off to, to be great. They have to be able to turn them on and off like a freaking switch to inspire other people to feel the same thing. Because a good bard can make the crowd laugh at will. Well, he can make them cry or weep at will. He can make them angry at will. And But to be able to do that, he has to be able to access the same within himself because there has to be, well, while it's all a... I want to say lie, but that's not the right word. It's a show that he, that he does. There it has to stem from an honest place, otherwise it doesn't work. Well, it's there's even a song about this, The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie, sung better by Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. It's about when you're a famous artist or even just an artist in general, specifically a musician. You are literally selling a piece of yourself. You don't present your entire being. Because if you present your entire being, you'll get worn out so fast. You can produce so much more power in your music. But it's just like we were saying. If you burn out too fast, you end up a husk. Mm -hmm. Like Kurt Cobain. He was a ludicrously talented person. And he had a lot of anger. A lot of pain. It's partly why he was able to do the music so, so powerfully. Because he never had that time to recoup, he never had that joy, that that bit that allowed him to counteract. Eventually, all he was was a burnt-out husk who had given the world beautiful music, but 
who basically killed himself to do it. Yeah, he he gave he gave the world himself, and it burnt him out. It it, it killed him. And granted, it was I believe a shotgun, but still. Well, it, he was dead before the gun was even taken yes. out of his case. Yeah, and, and it's just the reality of it. Even when you can control the the fire of anger, the fire of pain, the fire of your emotions you can still end up using it up too fast. Yeah. Which is why we have to be able to turn it down to a simmer. We can't turn it off. Otherwise we become uh, dead. We become less aware. We burn ourselves out from the inside and we make ourselves hollow. Well, I was talking about like turning it off. When you turn it off, you become like the hollows and the NPCs out there. If you turn it up too high, then you become a raving Lunatic. lunatic that nobody wants to, they'll watch you for entertainment because it's funny to watch somebody be mad well the rage porn it, yeah the rage, rage porn, porn it outrage is culture and it it's not good for people no well it, it start eventually it burns them out or it destroys them right well and i get angry you've seen me before i'll be watching something listening to something somebody will say something stupid and i'll get angry and then what is it that I do? I quickly get back. I get a hold of myself, dial that back down, and then I actually look at it to see why is it I'm actually angry. Well, and the reason that this is such a pressing topic isn't just because it's been on my mind, even though I didn't realize it for about a month now. It's because I look around and I see our youth burning themselves to a crisp in their anger. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's not justified anger. Everything that is happening to our people, everything that has been... I I think most people listening to us are angry, and they're justified in their anger. It is a righteous fury, but you have to control it. You have to come to actually understand it to be able to use it. Fire. If you have... Fire is very useful. You can cook with it. You can warm yourself with it. You can create... You can blacksmith with it. You can create all kinds of stuff with fire. Or you can destroy everything. Well, we actually have gods that have this built-in warning. You have Thor is the most obvious one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tyr is another example of this. And then you actually have fictional characters that people like that have this same thing because it's a part of our storytelling because our storytelling is partially devoted to trying to make sense of ourselves. So you have figures like... Logan from the Marvel Universe, better known as Wolverine, he is always angry. Or you have Kratos from God of War, which we just reviewed a couple podcasts ago. Or, quite possibly, the most famous of the angry superheroes, the Hulk. Yep. He is always angry, like always we said. Always angry. And then what happens when he finally gets control of his anger? When he finally not only understands what makes him angry but gains control of it and is able to utilize it. He becomes the most dangerous being in the world. Well, potentially even the universe. And that that's including like your magic flingers and whatnot. He basically he becomes extremely dangerous because he can think he has all the power of the anger plus thought. And how many of us have gotten angry and lost the ability to think? Which it's actually something you can feel. The the heat builds up. It's almost like you're cooking yourself mm-hmm. in your anger. 
And it's because when that happens, you're not just hurt. You're not just hurling the fire at everyone around you. You're hurling it at yourself. Mm-hmm. You're burning yourself in your anger. Whereas you can end, either end up utilizing it, controlling it, and finding a way to hone it to make it work for you. And you become the barbarian king Hulk. Or you can become raging lunatic Hulk. Those are your choices. Pretty much that's it. I mean, there's very few binaries. That That's one of them. Well, I mean, there's... Options in between, like um, Soy Boy Professor Hulk. Yeah. That uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe decided to go with for reasons. Yeah, I don't think that one actually exists, but okay. I, I'm not uh, sure I'll if I'll play it's with in it the, just for an option. I'm not sure if third. it's in the comics, but. Well, one of the things that, that spawned this was a meme that really irritates you. And once I saw it, it irritated me. It's what is it? Reject Marvel, embrace heroic myth? Yes. I really appreciate the sentiment. However, it's, it's not well thought out and it's hollow. Yes, it's hollow. And basically what what you're saying is throw out the baby the the baby with the bathwater and then we're going to get people to focus on really old things that they know nothing about rather than bringing the old things with us into the the modern day. It's much like um, what we talked about with Hagrid and the Dogda. You can utilize these things. Like uh, Iron Man is basically a modern smithing god. What do you? Th- uh, smithing god is always a little bit ahead of where people actually are. Mm-hmm. That's partly why you know Hephaestus has a bunch of freaking robots. Automatons or automatons what? is what they call them, but they're basically robots. Yeah, they're they're robots and cyborgs. Or, yeah, robots and cyborgs. Well, Nuada is a, was a straight-up cyborg, basically. Yeah. He had a moving metal arm. Yeah. I mean, we didn't call him that, obviously, at the time, but that's basically what he is from the modern conception. Yeah. And so, we can use... It, it's true that it's very angering when they race-bend, gender-bend. Uh, especially the gods, Heimdall, Anger, Bute. Right. That is absolutely infuriating. It... It angers us when it's more modern stories and they end up doing that and inserting in politics to the point where the preaching. It is really aggravating when they change, when they try changing canon is really aggravating. I understand it. I get it. But we can still use these things if we can calm down and think we can use things like God of War to actually explain Thor, to explain Othin. To explain Loki. Well, we can explain, to explain our own natures. Both the things that they get wrong and the things they get that, that they get right. Right. But we have to calm down enough to think clearly. Right. Well, because if we're angry, all we're going to do is focus on what's wrong. This is wrong. That's wrong. This and we'll get angry wrong, and, and we'll rage. And nobody wants to. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to listen. Nobody wants to team up with someone who is just screaming all the time. They'll watch. They'll throw popcorns. They'll goad them on. Mm-hmm. But nobody's actually going to listen to them. Think about it. The greatest leaders, they speak with passion, not anger. Yeah. And it might come from the same place, but they have utilized it in a different way. And the thing is. They intentionally are doing this to anger you. Yes. Because if you're angry, you're not thinking. And if you're not thinking, you're not then you're doing. not a threat. Right. You're not doing. You're just lashing out and most likely just chewing on yourself and the people around you, cutting yourself off from a support network. Well, you can't build anything new if you don't let the fire cool down a bit. Mm-hmm. It's like you can forge with a hot flame, but it, you can't 
complete the forging process without a cooldown period. Well, and it's not even the flame. You don't use the flame. Use the Anger heat. is the flame. The fury is the coals. Which is what you actually use. That's what you're actually used to create. You, you, you're using that bedrock, that base, but not the flames themselves. It takes forever to do anything using just flame. And then once you use the coals and you can forge the sword, you can forge the hammer, you can forge the automaton, the shield, the shield, the new path, the Gulen Bursty, the Mjolnir, the drop near the Sampo, you know, all the magical bullshit and the mm-hmm. myths. Well, and the way to get through to people is being positive. If you want to have a conversation with somebody and you want to actually change your mind, you have to be positive. Well, we say it all the time. You have to actually care about the gods. And actually, it's okay to have that righteous anger at the things that they get wrong. But then you have to be exuberant, mm-hmm. legitimately po- happy. Like, I have gotten people grinning ear to ear. I've said it before. By describing the gods and being excited about it. Being excited mm-hmm. about Thor. Being excited about the dark. Right. Well, and I've had the, the same experience. Because I, I talk to a lot of people every week. Uh, a lot of real life people i never see them again but i've gotten people well some of them i see again and when i do see them again i see that i actually did make a change in them it, no matter how slight it's still a, a shift so the people that you see more often you can have a more impactful shift on them but it's always by being positive and then uh, um i don't know if i was talking about god of war or whatever and then they'd be like uh, Anger Boda, you you know so much about this. Is Anger Boda really black? I'd be like, mm, don't really want to talk about that. And then they know she's not, that there is something seriously wrong with that portrayal. And sometimes they'll pull it out of me, which I don't make them pull very hard. But sometimes I'll let them pull it out of me. And then other times it's like, no, man, you don't want to hear what I have to say about this. It's and, just, and they they know right there they can pay attention to everything else because people like to learn, and they they watch the the God of War footage or they played the game. They want to know what in it is accurate and what isn't. Same everybody does, and then they know oh this part with these characters I might as well just forget everything that I thought that I learned about them because it's not right. And then you talk, they stick the positives and then they just brush the, the falsities to the side. Yes. And here's the thing is we're talking about controlling your emotions and we're talking about it mostly from the masculine side because that's yeah. the side we know. But I want to say this as well. I have no it, idea how women do it, to be I, honest. I, I don't know how women control their emotions, but I will say this. They are expected to. Yes. It's this... The low expectations a lot of people have for females to be able to have self-control should be considered insulting. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is because actual women were just as expected to have their emotions controlled as actual men. Well, you know how I was telling you uh, with the various women that I've lived with, when they get emotional and start crying, I tell them to go to the crying place. And then come back when they're done crying. It's okay for them to cry. Just go to your crying place. Cry. When you feel better, come back. We can talk. I'll give you a hug and a kiss, and we can we can actually talk and maybe make things better. I didn't make that up. I actually got that from my grandmother. She would do that with uh, my mom, my aunts, my female cousins. They'd get all sorts of emotional where they just can't keep a hold of it anymore. 
she'd send them to their crying place. Whether they screamed, raged, cried, whatever it was. They'd go there and then they would have their emotional outbursts and then they come back and then then things could actually happen. Well, what's that one line from Dune? Uh, I'll paraphrase it. You have to learn to rule yourself before you can rule others. Yeah. Most people can, can't rule themselves. Not even can barely. They can't. They don't have the self-control necessary to control themselves. It's why when people look around the world and they're like, we are surrounded well, and by just overgrown turning it children. Off is not controlling it. No. Because that's the route most people go to is just turn it off. That's not control. Well, it's the misunderstanding of that's stoicism. Avoidance. And here's the thing. I am adamant most forms of philosophy, good philosophy, are actually just trying to get back to mean what we are mm-hmm. naturally. Well, and usually and presented by people that actually lived life and suffered hardship. Like true hardship, not modern first world hardship of, but you don't understand, my french fries were cold. Yeah. I asked for cheese at my cheeseburger. First world problems don't count. Yeah, that, that doesn't count. But Cicero, people like that. And they basically are just getting back to mean. Like stoicism is something we're just inherently taught. You only need to start reading books on stoicism when society is really that far gone. Mm-hmm. Which, if I remember correctly, with where the Roman Empire was, it was pretty far gone by the time like Marcus Aurelius was coming around. Yes, that's why he advocated for Stoicism so much is because people had forgotten how yeah, to be people, Stoic. Yeah, people forgot how to people. They forgot how to people. Well, it's actually the problem right now. People have forgotten how to people. Yeah. And one of the core parts of being human is emotion. It's not just pure intellect. We are also an emotional species. Well, and think about it. In current day, people aren't taught how to deal with their emotions and or each other. Instead, what happens is boys start getting rambunctious. They get drugged so that they stop being rambunctious. Girls start, uh, the emotions start waking up. They, they're having problems controlling their emotions. They're dubbed as being bipolar and given drugs to shut the emotions down. This it's not healthy it's not good for us these women you're not bipolar if you think that you're bipolar odds are all it is is you don't know how to control your emotions figure out how to control your emotions dial them up dial them down as needed they're your tools you don't belong to the emotions the emotions belong to you same way with men we get angry we get happy we get silly the the full spectrum but these emotions are tools the emotions belong to us we are not slaves to our emotions and we cannot be most people currently either are slaves to their emotions or they shut the emotions off which is avoidance well whether it's chemically or they just turn them off well i'll use another couple of uh, pop culture characters for this Sansa and Arya Stark. Most people have heard or seen a bit of Game Mm -hmm. of Thrones. The two young daughters of Ned Stark. Are they more dangerous when they were young and extremely emotional? Or when they had a firm grip on their emotions and can make calculated moves in the middle of wartime? Mm -hmm. When were they more dangerous? When they had control over themselves? Or when they were wild? They could cause damage when they were... And I don't mean wild in the sense of wild and free... I mean wild and just insane. Uncontrollable. Uncontrolled. Or uncontrolled. Like a wild fire. 
not a wild bear. We utilize fire. We don't let it control us. We don't let it consume us. And it's hard. It's it's hard to get a grip on it. Any anybody that that has actually been able to get a grip on themselves, they can tell you it is it is difficult to learn how to actually get a grip on these emotions and to actually use them to dial them up, dial them down. Yes, you can. And I know a lot of people out there saying, but you can't. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, you can. You can you can be happy and then make yourself angry. You can be angry and make yourself less angry and turn the joy up. You can actually mentally do this. But there's biological chemicals and Yes, I know. These things are released by your freaking brain, by you, by your consciousness. You're creating them. Mind over matter. Not the other way around. There's a reason why, like, uh, you know, truth, uh, the truth serums and, and a lot of these drugs, they, why they don't work on people for uh, interrogation, the interrogation drugs. They don't work on everybody. Why? Because these people have been trained and typically, honestly, you have to train yourself to control their mind. So you can give them all the happy drugs that you want. And if they don't want to be happy, they are not going to be happy. If they don't want to be forthcoming, they aren't going to be forthcoming no matter how much drug you put into them because they are not slaves to the chemicals. It's like the testosterone thing. Well, you see, the testosterone in modern man is going down. And it's because of this and this other thing. And, and 32,000 other things, it's not your fault. Well, that's part of it. But the biggest part is your attitude. You want your testosterone to go up, start acting like a man. Well, yeah, because I'm proof in the pudding. That, I'm never going to say that again. But yeah, <laughs> now you're starting to be able to hear yourself. Hmm, that doesn't sound very manly, but okay. No, but <laughs> just, 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 just to use it. When I first met you, I was just waking up. Mm -hmm. I was, um, let's go with purple-pilled. I don't really like using the pill metaphors, but like... Whatever. But purple-pilled. I had a lot of work to do. And I went from being kind of just meh to I now have almost daily compliments and attention from females just who see me. Because I have, and they've actually said this. This is an actual thing a woman said to me. When I first met you, I was scared of you because you're such a big guy. You have such a big beard. You have such a big presence. But now that I know you, you're a sweetheart. And I told her, yes, I look like a grizzly bear, but I'm a teddy bear until I'm not. And they immediately understood. And here's the thing. That's how most men are. Or supposed to be. Well, well let's be honest. People that... A lot of people that people call weak men are not men. Yeah, they're not men. Weak men is a oxymoron. There is no such thing as a weak man, same as there's no such thing as a weak woman. No, if you are weak, you are not yet a man and you are not meant yet a woman. And the strong are not meant to protect the weak. We are meant to protect the vulnerable. There is a massive difference between weakness and vulnerability. Well, and just for an example, let's use another pop culture character because pop culture, whether we like it or not, is the current mythology of our era. Mm -hmm. This is what most people are using and basing their lives off of, our superheroes, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all these other things. In Lord of the Rings, Wormtongue 
the craven manipulator is weak. I don't know anybody that's like, I want to protect him. But Frodo, in comparison to the orcs, the wargs, the balrog, is weak simply by the stature. Physically. Yes. Mentally, Frodo is very strong. Mm-hmm. But Which means that he's just vulnerable. He's not actually weak. No, he's but just he is physically vulnerable. He is a fi- he's physically vulnerable, much like a woman is typically more physically vulnerable to a man. That's why men inherently defend their women and women defend the men. And from- children. Let's not forget the children. That's why everybody defends the children or should is because the children are vulnerable. They're not weak. I have seen very strong children, emotionally, mentally strong, even physically for their size. But they're still vulnerable to a 250-pound man should he want to crush them. Or uh, let's go with The Godfather. After Don Corleone is shot and put in the hospital, he is vulnerable, so he is defended. He's still strong as fuck. Yes. But he's vulnerable because he's injured. Mm-hmm. So what is what happens? He is defended by the strong, by his sons, by his loyal henchmen, for lack of a better term. His men, they defend him because he's injured. It's not because he's weak. It's because he's vulnerable. And that is a very dis- important distinction. Mm-hmm. Vulner- weakness is a choice. Vulnerability is a state of and being. And succumbing to your anger, it, it is weakness. It, uh, you look around the world right now. Everybody is, or not everybody, but you get the idea. Broad brush strokes. The world is consumed with anger. It is absolutely consumed with anger, and there's weakness everywhere. Well, and people have even admitted it. It's they're stoking these fires of anger, and they're specifically giving you targets. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree when people are like. The man versus woman, the black versus white, the rich versus poor, this urban versus rural. This is all set on each other. Mm-hmm. They're stoking your anger and they're setting you on each other. It doesn't make these not valid or real issues. It's like we've said before. You want people to run from a fire. You don't just so that you can distract them. You don't just yell fire. That might work. But you really want to get them going. You set a fire. That yeah, it's the military um, uh, tactic that I was telling you about. If you want to distract your your enemy, set a fire. Because now they're forced to they either pay attention to you or to the fire. It is a distraction. It's a very real distraction. Well, Those are e- the best distractions. Well, it's even a common trope in uh, movies. You run. I'll distract him. The person distracting is a very real person, a very real threat. But compared to the actual threat that you're trying to keep their eye away from, much less so. Well, and that's why get everybody angry and fighting on like 50 different fronts instead of understanding what's actually going on. You keep them angry on 50 different things so that they don't know what they're actually angry about. Oh, and keep stoking it. Keep restarting it. Put it out in video games, movies, the news. Well, and then you think that you're actually angry about the the gender bending. You think that you're angry about the fourth wave wave feminism. You think that you're angry. You're not actually angry about any of those things. I have noticed nobody is actually angry about those things until they personally touch them in their lives. Well, it's like uh, the all the doctors who are speaking out against the vaccine and uh, a lot of the medical malpractice. Yeah, they didn't give a around. fuck until it touched them personally. Yes, and here's the thing. 
as much as I would like to chastise them for it, it's the reality. Mm-hmm. Until something directly touches you, you usually are blissfully unaware of it. Yeah, you you just you're pretty much you don't care. You Unt- don't. You don't care. You have no reason to think there's anything wrong. Everyone around mm-hmm. you is like, it's fine. It's fine. It's like that one meme with the dog in the burning house. It's yes. fine. I'm okay with the current pl- situation of things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 true. But then once you once it does touch you and you become angry, you're not actually angry about 50,000 different things. These are symptoms of the thing that you're actually angry about. I can't tell you what you're actually angry about. I can't tell you what you're actually angry about, Lord Keeper. I can't tell the person on on the other end of this podcast what they're actually angry about. But what I can do is encourage them to stop and think about it. Stop thinking about the symptoms of what it is that you're angry about and think about what is it that is actually making me angry. You should be able to boil it down to one or two things, not 50 things. The 50 things, those are 50 different symptoms of that one or two issues. Well, and part of the issue that makes it so hard to figure it out is you've started looking for reasons to justify your anger Mm because you didn't notice what the first few triggers were. Right. It's like the fuse that was lit to go to the TNT is starting to burn out. But you're like, I got to I got to keep it going. So you just start pouring accelerant on it, trying to find other reasons to get angry. So you go looking for anger to stay angry. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that they are really scared about, the powers that be. It's that all these people that are really angry will calm the fuck down enough to put that anger to a simmer and then use it as fuel for the other emotions that they're actually scared of. To then actually focus their anger and to focus it in the right direction. And to think it over and figure out what's going on. Yeah, with true intent and purpose. This is what the fuck they fear is intent and purpose fueled by anger and fury. They don't fear anger in and of itself. They fear what someone who can control it can. It's like nobody inherently fears, I don't know, radiation. Well, some people do. But if you really truly feared just radiation at all, you'd probably be. In a corner, shivering with well, fright. Because if you actually feared it, you would learn all about it. Then you realize it's everywhere everywhere, all the time. There's nothing that you can do about it. And then one of two things happens. E- either you freeze up and then become paralytic until you die. Or you just stop being afraid of it. Well, sunlight, electronics, uh, telephone wires, telephone poles. Just being alive. Water. Just just being alive. Oh, yeah, because we're all technically a little radioactive. Yes. So it's not that. But you start focusing it, you get a bit of an interesting reaction. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, it it's not don't be angry. Just know what it is that you're angry about. And don't. And, wh- and focus it in the right freaking direction. Don't wallow in it. Right. Don't wallow in it. Use it. Focus it. Intent and purpose. These are the things I was taught as as a boy before I actually start growing and becoming subject to, you know, young man syndrome where just lashing out in anger all the time. And I still ended up doing that a little bit because I'm human, at least so I'm told by the doctors. Personally, I think I'm a god, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, I, I was at least given the warnings. It's okay to be angry, 
But what you need to do is understand why you're angry, when to be angry, and what to do with it. Most people are just angry and they lash out and they end up doing nothing. They think that they're doing something because they're complaining on forums and comments and and, and chat groups. They're, they're complaining a lot and they think that they're doing something, but they aren't actually doing anything. Uh, shoot, I've been there. And now I realize what I was doing. I'm like, why am I doing this? How about if I actually tried doing something? Well, and that's what we're trying to do, which this is where I want to give people this warning because this has happened to me before. You're angry. And because you're angry, you're not able to do the things you actually care about. So then you feel bad and angry that you didn't do the things you actually Mm -hmm. care about. And so that makes you angry again. And it becomes this vicious cycle where the anger is making you angry simply because you're angry. Yes. That helps nothing. It's like a cycle of pain. Yes. You, You have to break that cycle. To be able to get it under control. It doesn't actually go anywhere, but you can get it under control and use it for something. You can use it as motivation to go talk to somebody and put on a happy face and be positive. Like, oh, this is good. The anger can drive you to actually talk to somebody that you don't know in a positive way and actually be happy and joyous. Like, oh, hey, did you see... Uh, God of War and the depiction that they did of Thor. It is the most accurate depiction out there currently. Same with the Odin depiction. And then they'll listen because you're being positive, but it was the anger that pushed you to do that, to have that talk with somebody that you might not even know. Well, some people actually use anger to throw their give a fuck out the window. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing is they find their big pendulous balls and refine their steel spine. Well, part of the danger that the powers that be see with anger, once it's controlled and tempered, is it has a way of burning away false assumptions mm-hmm. once you actually fully grasp it. And you end up sane. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, most of the world, for just sheer survival and necessity, are insane. I mean, we even joke about it sometimes. You and I are both insane. Mm-hmm. To survive in the current world... You have to be a little insane. Well, we're only insane in the way that the rest of the world would be like, well, you guys are crazy for not embracing this and not embracing that, for fighting this, and for for the podcast that you guys do. You're crazy. We're only crazy in comparison to. We are perfectly sane. I've been tested. (laughs) I am perfectly sane. Well, there's, uh, what is it? That one movie, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Their psychologists have actually evaluated the characters from that film and came to the conclusion Batman is crazy. The Joker is excruciatingly sane. Yes. In an insane world. Yes. And so he behaves in the sane way, which it's, is crazy when you think about it. But it's, it's true. A sane man in an insane asylum is the craziest one there. And it's it's the it's the way that life works. It's the way that it is. And I know that we that I talk about apathy, but apathy is the tempering for the anger. Or you have to temper a fire just like you temper your anger. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it under control. You can't care about everything because then you Well, it's like people pretending to care about everyone in the whole world. No, you then you either yeah, be, I've we, had fuckers lie to me and tell me that oh, I care about everybody in the world. Then why aren't you down on your knees fucking weeping uncontrollably? Because many people die every second of every day. 
Yeah, it's just not reasonable. It's not healthy to care about everyone. You can't. It's an impossibility. You have to care about your tribe. You have to care about your friends. You have to care about these sorts of things because it's... I'll be honest. I live in America. I don't care about everybody in America. I can't. I have a friend in South Africa. I care about him. By proxy, I care about his family. I don't give a fuck about South Africa in general. And it's not that it's downplaying or ignoring the problems yeah, there. Yeah, I am perfectly aware of the problems there, but in the end, I can't do anything about it, and it's up to the people there to do something about it. Well, just like I we know can't what, do anything. We all know what the solution is. Well, we can't do anything currently where we are about, I don't know, anything going on in Arizona, California, Alaska. Shoot, the city that we're in. Oh, yeah. And it's because, really, people can only care about so many people, and then everyone after that is theoretical. Yes. It's just the reality of things. It's Mm -hmm. why when you let yourself get angry about abstracts, instead of controlling it, controlling your emotions, getting your shit together, and starting to become barbarian King Hulk instead of destroying everything in his path, Hulk. Which, destroying everything in his path, Hulk is fun it's it feels powerful it's fun but that can only last for so long well it's like werewolves werewolves are extremely dangerous they're i don't want to say angry but predatory Mm -hmm. now a werewolf without the human consciousness is dangerous enough but you put that level of intelligence on a werewolf. And I'm talking about the movie werewolves, which are closer to like wolvers. Okay. So you're talking about like the howling type werewolf. Yeah. The howling type werewolf, the Hollywood werewolf, not the actual lore accurate werewolf. Would you rather be the werewolf that can think or the one that can just run around like an animal? Right. Well, and which one are you more afraid of? The one that can turn doorknobs or the one that can't? I mean, the, (laughs) To break it down very simple, which one are you more afraid of? The 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 physically powerful werewolf that can turn the doorknob or or the latch of the steel door that you're hiding behind or the one that just beats at the door and eventually beats itself out. Well, and then here's the thing. While we while our people don't grow muzzles and tails and you know sharp three inch claws and stuff like that. The werewolves of actual lore were pretty much just heathens. So we have that power. We have that skill. Well, and when you're when you have righteous fury, when you have righteous anger, when you have all when you have these emotions and when these emotions get to the point where they are so strong, they pass through and become something else. The berserk. That's the berserk. And that is so freaking dangerous. Well, because it's almost all. Pure directed purpose. Yeah, purpose. And that, with the ability to control it, is the most dangerous thing. Because I was going to say, how many times have you heard me complain and and even get angry at these these portrayals of the berserker where he's just like, Rah! and lashing out in every direction? And I'm like, no. Even historic, it even describes real berserkers from the ones that paid for the title, from people that claimed to be berserkers. The real berserkers were hyper-focused. 
yes, they would have a little bit of a freak out, and then all of a sudden they get them get a hold of themselves, and it's like they became dead. And they would just go towards their target, destroying everything between them and their target, ignoring everything to smash that target, just hyper-focused, killing everything in between that is on the opposite side. Well, and here's the thing is berserkers, or let's use the Hollywood term, werewolves, werebears. Mm -hmm. There's a reason they're categorized among the undead for the reason you just mentioned. But they're not actually dead. They're living things. They're dangerous. Yes. Well, and, and that's like with the Berserker, too. It's even written down in various sagas, epics, etc., where the Berserkers, when they're standing in line waiting to go into battle, they have their shields, they have their axes, they have, uh, knives, whatever, their weapons. And they're chewing on their shields, and they're foaming at the mouths, and they're ready to go. And then when, the, when they're finally ready to go to battle, usually because the commander would be like, go. They would throw their freaking shields down on the ground along with their weapons, typically, it's the way that's described, and just straight march to the enemy and destroy the enemy with their bare hands. I see what you did there. Yes. Because, <laughs> because they were so hyped up, their hands are more deadly than the weapons and shields that they had. Well, what's that thing whenever you and your cousin would get into a fight? Here, you can use a weapon. And he'd be like, no, it's a trick. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. You're capable of doing that because you have control over your emotions. Mm -hmm. Because you can direct them. Because you can forge them and make them into something actually usable. A tool. Right. Even fear. Some people think... Fear, well, fear is not useful. Yes, it is. It heightens all your senses. Your mind actually works faster when you're angry or when you're scared than any other point in your life. Well, what's that line from Doctor Who? Fear is a superpower. Yes. And it's true. Doctor Who's right. Fear is a superpower. You run faster. You move faster. You think faster. You see things that you would not otherwise see because you're seeing at more images per second. Well, and... Part of the giveaway, this is where anger becomes powerful. This is where anger is actually usable, where anger can actually be utilized to great effect. Are you more scared of the person that's angry all the time? Or is that just a petulant, overgrown child? Or are you scared of the person that most of the time is pretty chill? And then when they get angry, even just a little bit, that then you're like, oh, shit. Well, it's like the, the deal with... Um it's really prominent in cartoons like Phineas and Ferb, for instance. People will watch the whole episode of Phineas and Ferb just to hear which one is it, Ferb, actually say something. Oh, yeah. His, uh, it's, even, it's also a joke with uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. When, is it Bob? Silent Bob, yeah. Silent Bob actually says something, people listen. Why? Because he doesn't speak He's a, a man lot. of few words. Yeah, he's a man of few words, so he carefully chooses them. And it's the same way with, with anger. If you're constantly constantly angry in the way that people can see that you're angry, it becomes meaningless. You're just unpleasant to be around. Yeah, you're just that crabby guy that nobody wants to talk about. Oh, avoid old man McGillicuddy. He'll just scream at you. Get off my lawn, you motherfuckers! Yeah, eventually it becomes a running joke. Yeah. You're a joke if you're angry all the time. And I understand... It is hard. Sometimes it's you don't even know what to do. It's like you're angry all the time. And if I can figure out 100% how to figure out how to get my 
get the reins on it and start mm-hmm. controlling it. I'll try my best to share the secret. It might not work for you, but yeah, because the only best. thing I got is you just do it. Yes, and that's kind of the best advice that I can give anybody is you just do it because there's not really any other way. You either figure out how to control and manipulate the fire or you end up just sticking your hand in it and cooking it. Pretty much, yeah. Or you burn yourself. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And you're going to burn yourself a few times. I mean, it's just the thing. You're going to burn yourself a few times. You might even burn your friends around you apologize try to not do it again try to not get to the point where you need to apologize yes yeah. and then if you truly have to apologize mean it yeah i'm sorry i don't accept i'm sorry you know this about me i don't accept i'm sorry because it's just flung around so much no no if you're going to apologize to me you have to mean it which means that i am expecting basically an essay as an apology what are you sorry about why are you sorry for it what was it that you did wrong? What is it that you're going to do better next time? How is it that you're going to avoid doing this stupid thing again? And it's because I'm sorry has become meaningless. Well, it's much like I love you or brother or friend. Mm-hmm. These words have become increasingly meaningless through overuse, but without the meaning behind them. I don't disagree when people say, I don't know, runes are magic or words are magic because runes are just letters. They're just yeah. words. Which um, is a magic. Yes, it is. Well, it, there's Just even not a the word way that they're it. using it. Like we brought up singers using their emotions. That's mm-hmm. Galder. People making weird things of Galder. Galder's just song magic, basically. It, it's in the name. It pretty much just means singing. Right. Well, and to show that, it's, that it actually is magic, listen to a song that's heartbreaking and feel that you're, you become heartbroken. Even if for a moment, that is magic. Or a funny song that makes you laugh. Well, the song that... that is magic. Well, like the... Um, man, I'm using a lot of pop culture today. But well, the Hunger Games... Well, pop culture is useful because... It's what people know. Yeah, pe- everybody's familiar with it. Well, the Hunger Games. Uh, the, the third book, the fourth movie. I don't know. I, don't I didn't know. really watch them. But the Hanging Tree song. Ah, that song, yes. She sings it once... Then they turn it into a whole thing and they send it out. And then everybody's singing it as they attack the Capitol, as they attack the Capitol's buildings. It's a form of war song. It's a rallying cry. That's the magic behind it. When the drums beat in battle and make your heart go that much harder, that's a bardic buff. Here, I will yeah. buff you. That's a Drum roll. That's a way to think about it. Yeah, it's a bardic buff. Well, or um, healing. Music can be healing. It can heal the soul. It can help you relax. It can help you push through where otherwise you would let yourself fall. Right. Well, and it can either be a distraction or it can be a tool. Well, and I, I highly rec- recommend using it as a tool rather than a, than a distraction. Like these people that, I don't know. I love this song, but they have no idea what the lyrics are. Well, they don't know what the song is about. You don't love the song. Well, I've actually tested this before. Because a lot of the songs I listen to, I listen to because they make me feel something. You mm-hmm. know, like Kate McCannon by Col- Coulter Wall, Zombies by the Cranberries, uh, Hurt, sung by Johnny Cash, those sorts of songs. 
I will play those at work where most of the time people are listening to pop music. They're listening to hip hop. They're listening to, you know, the they're stuff. listening to noise, rhythmic noise, noise as a distraction to fill the dead air. And then uh, if, if I end up in a situation where I can play my music, I play it. I play it unapologetically and I enjoy it. I can actually see people's faces change. And it's not like they start laughing or being happy. No, it's like all of a sudden they're forced to feel something. Yeah. Well, and I've done the same thing. I watch people almost panic because because I was playing it. They actually listened to it, and then they began to panic because, uh-oh, I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something real, and they didn't know what to do with it. Well, most people, when they're at work, turn their emotions off mm-hmm. because it's the easiest way to get through the day. You, yeah, it's avoidance. Yes. It's, it's the thing that I said not to do with anger. Don't avoid anger. Embrace the anger. But don't get lost in the anger. Well, it can be a tool. We even have gods like this. Like I brought up gods like Thor and Wotan. They have that fury, that anger in them, but they keep it tempered. Yeah. Wotan has to keep it tempered by going off into the frickin' woods on a mountain or going to war. Yeah, or or Wotan, the mountain god. Yeah. Yeah, he, he lashes out at his mountain so he doesn't kill his people. That's where the storms come from yes. for Wotan. But... There's also gods like Phobos, who was specifically, it's recorded, was uh, venerated by Alexander the Great. This seemingly no-name god was venerated by one of the most important men in all of history. Why? Because Phobos was the god of fear, specifically Mm -hmm. inducing fear on the battlefield. And Alexander the Great specifically credited Phobos with helping him win a battle at one point. He used the fear. Mm -hmm. He used the control, the strength. The ability to induce fear by controlling it. You can use and store and lesh out that that righteous fury. Yeah, and that's what makes it righteous is when it's controlled, when it's focused, and it's for a purpose. Well, that's we, when it becomes righteous fury. Well, and we all have that storm in the heart that Robert E. Howard spoke of. Or it's just we should. It's just some of us have a little dribble, a sprinkling. I would say the people that made it this far in the podcast for sure have it. Yes. And others have a torrent. They have a raging thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. They have one of those where like Thor and Loki are really, really playing hardball with the cloud giants. And then you also have hollows. People, but hollows don't listen to stuff like this. Hollows have no storm. They have no fire. They have no light. Right. They've allowed themselves to become meat puppets. So, um, yeah, we're right at the end. We actually made it. Yay, Woo-hoo! us. Because we struggled. We struggled with this one. Get uh, Not this particular recording, but just getting a recording. So uh, we're glad that we got it done. We're glad that you guys made it this far with us. Uh, yeah, make sure to check out our holiday stuff because they're made by real people. The, these aren't copies that we took offline. It's it's real artists painted these things for us, and we have more coming. So make sure to check out our, our Teesprings. And yeah, we couldn't do greeting cards, so we did greeting card stickers. Figured the that next they, best thing. Yeah, actually, they're better because you can stick them to stuff. Yes. All and right. So uh, I'm out, and I'll see you guys in two weeks. I believe is when our next podcast will be. And I'll just go ahead and say, if you can control your anger, then you can control your other emotions. And if you can control your other emotions, you can utilize them as a source of power, as a source of motivation and purpose. 
Do you want to become that noble being that you know you can be? Or do you want to be consumed by the storm and the fire? The choice is yours.